Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven, says the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. Thus they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. Good writers tend to prefer the active voice while they avoid the passive voice. Are you familiar with these two grammatical constructions, the active and the passive voice? See if you can tell which one is better, active or passive, in these two sample sentences. Here is the passive voice. The Diamond Hogs were beaten by Nebraska last night, three to five. Now here's the active voice. The Razorbacks came back in the final inning to beat the Cornhuskers. Now doesn't the active voice sound a lot better than the passive voice? Good grammarians, as well as hog fans, always prefer active voice over the passive voice because the construction of the sentence is clearer and more cogent. The Bible, however, shows a decided preference for the passive voice over the active voice. Indeed, in the sacred scriptures, we discern a unique grammatical construction called the divine passive, the divine passive. In the typical passive voice, the subject of the sentence is being acted upon by someone else, like the hogs being beaten by the huskers. In the divine passive of the Bible, however, human beings are the subjects who are being acted on by God. And what's most fascinating is that God is not even mentioned at all. He is invisible. 
we find perhaps the most eloquent example of the divine passive in today's gospel from Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount. See if you can hear the divine passive voice in the Beatitudes. See if you can find God in the grammar. Jesus said, Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Did you notice how the subject of the sentence, the blessed ones, me and you, are being acted upon by an invisible agent who's not even mentioned, namely God. God will comfort those who mourn. God will give the inheritance of the land to the meek. God will show mercy to the merciful. In other words, good writers end up being bad theologians because they miss the divine passive voice. They miss God in the grammar. By the way, this is one reason why St. Augustine originally turned up his nose against reading the Bible. He thought the passive voice was bad grammar. That is, until he discovered the divine passive voice in the Bible and in his own life. Folks, let me just point out two practical applications of learning about the divine passive for us today. In 1899, Pope Leo XIII wrote a letter called Testem Benevolentiae Nostrae to Cardinal Gibbons of Baltimore. Among other concerns, the Holy Father warned of an overactivism in the spiritual life, which he actually called Americanism. He said, overactivism is called Americanism. That is, we Americans tend, perhaps prodded by the Protestant work ethic, to overemphasize what we do to grow as Christians, and we de-emphasize God's grace in our life. We say things like, well, God helps those who help themselves. That may be good grammar, but it is poor theology. The divine passive reminds us that God, the invisible agent, is always acting on us and making possible anything we do that is good. The divine passive helps us to avoid the heresy called Americanism. Secondly, Discovering the divine passive voice is one of the surest signs of growing in the spiritual life. You know, when I go home to visit my parents, my father often reminisces over his long life and his many blessings. At some point as he's talking, he always makes this statement, God is the one who has made all this possible. Now, I got to tell you, that really irritates me <laughs> because I want to correct him. And I want to add, but you did a lot too, Dad. 
to make these blessings possible. But maybe my father can see something, or rather, someone, that I am blind to. Namely, the divine passive voice in his life. My father can see God in the grammar of his life, acting on him and blessing him like Jesus preached in the Sermon on the Mount. If you are wondering if you're making any progress in the spiritual life, just ask yourself if you prefer using the active voice or the passive voice. The spiritually mature see more and more of what God is doing and less and less of what they are doing. Next time you're reading the Bible, see if you can catch the divine passive voice in the construction, especially in the sentences of the Sermon on the Mount. More importantly, see if you can find that passive voice of God in your own life. It might make you wince if you are a stickler for good grammar, but it might make you smile if you prefer good theology. And it might make you feel a little better about the Razorbacks' loss last night. Praise to be Jesus Christ.